Hi guys, welcome back once again to Somewhere in Horror, a podcast dedicated to all things horror, whether it be film, TV, movies, well, film, TV, books, or otherwise, I'm going to cover it. Um, Today is going to be kind of a different episode. It's going to be one of those bonus reviews episodes. Um... Because I am still going to be reading through Misery, but I just finished reading Kids Are Hell, which is a collection released by Hellbound Books. And it was just maybe a month or two ago that it was released. Um, this compilation is called Kids Are Hell, specifically for the reason that All stories involve some form or another of children within the story, whether they be the evil children, whether they be demonic uh, representations of children to lure their victims, whether they be ghosts haunting the halls of hotels or ghosts haunting the halls of a home where they were murdered by their own children. Um... There are cannibals who are being taken care of by their adults in, for example, the story Famine. Um, There's a child mud monster, which was really cool, in um, Bend in the River. There are three that I do want to talk about that I liked the most out of this series, though. It is definitely, I will tell you, as a compilation of different an anthology rather of different stories from different authors it's one of those ones that i think if you're interested in creepy children or if it's one of your big fears involving anything to do with creepy children it's a definite buy um i would give it about altogether personally i would give it about 3.5 to 4 stars. That is a comfortable area for me to give it because it it has something for everyone. Um, The reason it's a little lower, though, is because some of those stories could could have been shortened. Um, Some of them ran on a little long. uh, But honestly, outside of the runtime of some of these stories... They were really cool. Um, the three I want to talk about are towards the beginning, though. Um, the three I will be talking about are called... Let me get my notes out, actually. <laughs> um, the first two I'm going to be talking about are called Jokers, and you get the two. For some reason, I didn't write down the author's names... Um, but whoever these authors are, well, not whoever, but the authors of these stories are all really good. Um, but these ones have a really, these specific stories I'm going to be talking about are very imaginative. Um, I'm going to be talking about Jokers. You get the two. Um, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about Nathan's house. And then the final one I'm going to be talking about is Bend in the River. It's not my list 
of top four. It's just the ones that hit. And in no, no specific order did I love all four of these stories a lot. And they grabbed my attention. Um, and yeah. So Jokers is a story about three teenagers who have a prank website, prank YouTube site, where they're pulling off really insanely stupid shit. I've covered um, Deadstream a while back. Very much to the air of that, where the guy pushes the envelope on, on things that he can get away with while doing them, whether they be offensive or not. Um, one of their pranks is even a uh, fake suicide with a mannequin, which is terrifyingly like dark. But later on within the same story collection, or the same story, I mean, um, these kids decide to make a snuff film with one of their friends. And yes, they are children. And it's not... They they work around it because to keep the like FBI away from them as far as... Um, what is it? What's the phrasing that they used? Um, any decency guidelines um they kept the performers quote-unquote uh fully dressed and they have a plan to pretend to stab her to stab candy is her name um with real knives but at the very last second before they stab they plan to retract the blade and make, put fake blood all over her. That goes wrong because she starts screaming because she's she starts acting a lot, and she gets stabbed. And instead of calling the police and just fessing up to it, they dump her body in a river, and she dies. Um, only for a bit later uh, to have all three of the boys one by one meet Candy um, as a rotting ghost corpse or even a rotting corpse technically because they never really say it's an apparition and she can very much touch the bodies of these these boys and she gets her vengeance. Very, very cool um, device. Very good way to make like, I guess... Uh, fame-hungry teenagers fully be the bad guys. No redeeming qualities to them. Um, and very cool vengeance. It's not just, oh, I'm going to stab you just like you stabbed me. She uses her disgusting, rotting fingers to do so. And it's a pretty violent thing. If they don't stab themselves the way that she's she was stabbed, then she's going to kill them and stab them herself. Um, there's some really dark turns in it, and it's really cool um, to see that pay off because, man, one of those kids in specific is just a total dick, and uh, you get to see some of that uh, unfold yourself. Um, one of the most creative stories of this was called You Get the Two. This one was a little bit too lengthy for me. 
because uh, it kind of just went in circles. But it's about a man named Sam, or Simon, a uh, man named Simon and his son, Samuel, Samuel, Sam, Samuel, um, but Simon and Samuel are father and son. And the whole story is that father and son aren't two, aren't, aren't two separate spirits, but one person, um, with a slowly, um, well, one person split into two bodies, two souls. Um, and the device is like, Simon gives all the useless shit that he thinks is useless, useless shit, including bad memories, uh, temper, um, just random things that he feels he doesn't need to Samuel. And he kind of leaves the more controlling and more precise stuff that he needs in his own body. Which, when they're apart, they cannot work as two separate entities, but they are stuck in this weird state of either incompetence or altogether irrationality and outburst. Um, very cool execution. Uh, very cool to find out that they're a murderous duo, which is a single person in these two bodies. And it's a very cool payoff. But again, could have been shortened because it talks in, a, in circles a few times. Um, but I thought it was the most creative of the stories as I was reading along. And it was one of the ones that stuck out and stayed sticking out to me. Um... And then Nathan's house is about a boy whose parents were dog trainers. And suddenly he decides one day to kill his parents because he doesn't want to be controlled anymore. Very much children of the corn in the sense that these kids wanted to live in a, he wanted to live in a world without parents. And without the control of family and school and chores and all that stuff. But he also has some killer dogs that his father taught him how to perfectly train and use as basically anything he wants. Um, and Nathan brings in a bunch of kids to basically... It seems that he brought them all in for the same purpose, but... The reality is he probably just brought them in for slave labor and because he didn't want to be alone. Um, it's kind of too short. I wanted that one to be expanded as far as the story goes because I wanted to know more about Nathan and all the different characters that Nathan dragged into his uh, little farmhouse. Um, very cool payoff for that one as well. And I really think that that's one of the stronger stories because you want more. Um, one of the shortest stories that I loved um, and I didn't even, I had no problems with it. No qualms, no too short, too long. Uh, explained everything it wanted to and everything it needed to. And it gave a good payoff 
was uh, called Bend in the River. Bend in the River is about a child who met another child in the playground and he kind of lures him away to the river, uh, to a river's bend. Yes, it is called Bend in the River because there's a river's bend. Um, but he lures this kid away into an actual, like, running river. And as playful as children can be, they, he dares him to go into the water, which is rushing. And the kid's very hesitant and doesn't want to do it. When all of a sudden, the kid that lured him there is a fucking muck mud river monster that drags him under eats him devours him tears his flesh apart and goes back into his own domicile i want more of this river monster and i loved the way that it was executed because it didn't need any other bells and whistles it just needed the one murderous or the one crazy death of this child at the hands of a pretty interesting new river monster that I've not really seen too much of. Um, there's other stories that have vibes of Children of the Corn. Um, Raw is another one that I really kind of related to. For example, Famine. Um, wow, I'm drawing a blank now. Um there's a shining there's one that reminded me of the shining uh it it reminded me of the shining because of um certain themes involving the haunted hotel and certain ghosts coming after people and especially the ending with a kind of dance hall eerie setting um there's Plenty of different stories involving different religions and different mythologies. Um, some that I am not really too polished on. But, yeah. Um, this this has a little bit of everything for a little bit of everyone. Um, and as a, as a collection of stories, I really do recommend going out and looking for it. You can find it at Bloodbound. Uh, books publishing hellbound books publishing.com um i for one can tell you it's on amazon as well uh if you have kindle unlimited it's free six dollars for you to own and if you're going for the actual um book itself it is 18 dollars, which for a book with 22 stories that is not too bad. And yes, I did say 22 stories. It, it's, it's a lot. Um, but it's also not a huge book. It's only 400, I believe, and 33 pages. Um, and it's definitely one to look out for. Um, because you know what? It's, it's an indie publishing company. And... A lot of really amazing stuff is coming from indie publishers lately, not so much from the mainstream. And the funny thing is, is the mainstream is starting to be taken over by indie, which I love and I love to see. Everyone loves to see. 
the underdog that is Indy starting to come into the light. Um, that about wraps it up for today's episode. I will be doing a Terrifier 1 and 2 um, dive on Friday. Next Saturday, I'm going to be doing Misery. Um, still figuring out what I'm doing for next Friday. But I believe I'm going to be doing Cabinet of Curiosities. I will keep you up to date on that. Because I fucking love that show. And all of those stories are really fucking awesome. So I will keep you up to date as to what the podcast schedule slash plan is. And yeah, definitely have to say, um, check out Bloodbound or Hellbound books. Um, keep your indie authors in mind when you look stuff up. Um, I know Nick Roberts is starting to get really big. He had Anathema and The Exorcist House, which I haven't read yet. I'm planning to read, but just haven't yet. And a whole bunch of people, especially from Books of Horror on Facebook, are very much into this writer at the moment. So look out for those books. Um... As always, I'm your host, Justin. This has been Somewhere in Horror, and I will talk to you guys later. Have yourselves a great night, great day, week, month, year. It doesn't really matter. I just hope you guys are doing well. And um, thank you so much, as always, for listening. Have a good night.